You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 17 weeks, 4 quarters, 60 minutes. And it all leads up to one Winning Drive. Welcome back, everybody, to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of Baltimore Post Game Uncensored on 105.7 The Fan. And while you guys have been used to my co-host, Cordell Woodland, uh, from Shaking It Up Sports, uh, I love to announce that Cordell is uh, dealing with some daddy issues. He had a baby, so we want to congratulate Cordell Woodland on his new son, Jackson. So to replace Cordell this week, because, you know, we want him to, to get acclimated into being a new dad, we got my guy, Tim Barbales from Inside Access on 105.7 The Fan, also from Baltimore Game Day Daily on 105.7 The Fan. And I want to thank you so much, Tim, for being here with me today. Of course. I mean, I don't think I'm going to live up to Cordell Woodland, but I'm going to try. <laughs> I'm sure you'll be fine. You're on two shows. So I already know <laughs> yeah, that you're yeah. going to be just <laughs> Fine. Thank you so much for being here. Let's get right to it. So typically we talk about the Ravens on offense, defense, and we pick games because this is the Friday episode of the Winning Drive podcast. So let's start with defense first. Um, We saw the defense once again collapse and give up uh, multiple points in the fourth quarter after having a um, more than 10, uh, uh, at least a nine point lead in the fourth quarter. Uh, so once again, here we are Ravens doing what they do, finding ways to lose in the fourth quarter against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Tim, I want to let you know that Cordell and I both picked the Ravens to lose to the Jaguars. Something about the voodoo of the Jaguars and the AFC central, I believe is still a big part of (laughs) this rivalry that no longer exists but somehow is like still there in some weird way uh yeah, they won so the first we, eight games i believe against the ravens i mean it was definitely a <laughs> a serious this is uh, what i'm problem. saying right um 
we don't forget the 2011 game that the Jaguars oh, yeah. had uh, and the Ravens, you know, and their, their 12 and four season on a Monday night, they lost. Uh, also, we know 2017, which I, I have taken that out of my memory <laughs> simply because the Jaguars went to the AFC championship game that year. So I don't feel no type of way about that. Um, but, <laughs> uh, you know, the Jaguars have something. I don't know what it is, but it's something in the water down there that the Ravens just simply cannot shake. And it is what it is. We've moved forward. They played the Denver Broncos on Sunday. Uh, we know that the Broncos offensively are protrude, protrude, whatever you want to – look, they are bad. I can't even call them mediocre. I feel like mediocre is an understatement. Um, they signed Russell Wilson in the offseason after they traded for him. And this offense has not found a way to really get rolling at all. They let go Melvin Gordon. Their wide receivers um, has been injured. Jerry Judy, which I saw a lot of Ravens fans clamoring for, which I don't understand why, because the guy can't really, he can't catch a cold if he wanted to. And it's a lot of colds out here this fall, but he can't catch <laughs> Yeah, it. especially right now. Um, In the Ravens yeah, locker so room. Exactly. So uh, this offense for the Denver Broncos is really bad. And I saw a lot of Ravens fans feeling concerned about this game because of what we saw last week in Zay Jones doing what it, whatever he wanted to do uh, against this defense. I don't feel that this is a repeat effort. Um, I think that they are completely banged up at a skill position uh perspective they don't have Hamler I believe I don't believe Jerry Judy practice Cortland Sutton feels like he's the only threat so I really feel like this is a good game from a defensive perspective that the offense um that they will find a way to shut this offense down unlike what they did last week this is a get-right game, Rita. I mean, you're going against the 32nd-ranked offense. Uh, they're 32nd in red zone. And you said it, it just hasn't worked with Russ. And they've been banged up throughout the year. You mentioned Hamler and Judy not uh, participating in practice thus far. But things just haven't clicked. And when you looked at the skill positions on paper heading into the year, it, you thought it was going to happen. But – Russ has been an issue. Nathaniel Hackett's been an issue. And yep. no one could have seen this coming. I mean, Russell Wilson's completing less than 60% of his passes. He's not running nearly as much as he does. He just looks like a shell of himself. And now you have all of the reports and rumors coming out that he's lost the locker room. And you saw Mike Purcell, the defensive lineman, get in Russell Wilson's face. And I know we're going to get to uh, the Broncos defense later, but for what they are doing while the Broncos offense has been so inept is nothing short of amazing. And yeah. it, it's going to happen. I mean, you can go back to the 2000 Ravens, Rita, where you got a historic defense and then you have an offense that doesn't score a touchdown for a month. You're going to yeah. butt heads like that. And when you're having a season like they're having where some people had them for Super Bowl aspirations and it's yep. been anything but that. And it's crazy, like you said, when you looked at them on paper going into the season, you really felt like this offense had something. You know what I mean? You, you saw 
Cortland Sutton. You saw Jerry Judy, a first-round draft pick. You saw um, other guys. They lost one of their wide receivers very early on. Um, that was a really uh, uh, intricate part of their offense, and that that started the process. And like you said, you started to see how Russell Wilson – and this is my opinion, Tim – I really feel like Russell Wilson is not really playing like what we saw in Seattle. And that's a lot to do with Nathaniel Hackett, their head coach. I think sometimes what head coaches do is they try to implement what they want offenses to do. And instead of playing to the strengths of the player that they have. And I feel like that that happened early on. Nathaniel Hackett allegedly, you know, gave up his play calling abilities to somebody else. It just doesn't, but nothing feels like it's changed much. And you have a lot of people in Broncos country that really want Nathaniel Hackett to be gone. I don't think that's going to happen because he's only a, a first year head coach, but they really want him to be gone um, because this offense really should have been producing way more than what we're seeing right now. You already mentioned in red zone, they're 32nd and points scored that they're 32nd. When you look at the players on paper, there's no excuse why this team should be 32nd in scoring. They're averaging 14 points a game. That's and disgusting. Disgusting. If, if the Broncos put up, 19 points in every game, 19 points in regulation, they would be nine and two. They exactly. would be nine and two. And, exactly. And the thing of Hackett, you mentioned it. And look, if we were out in Denver and doing sports talk out there, I'm sure we would have a lot of fodder to deal with when it comes to Hackett. But that started week one. I mean, yep. remember when they were playing in Seattle and they're driving to try and get a game winning field goal. And Hackett lets the clock run down, opted to kick for, I forget how long it was, upper 50s. Yeah. And they missed it. And then they lost it. And everyone's saying, you just paid this guy $250 million. Why are you yep. not giving him the ability to get the first down there and increase your chances of making that field goal? So it, they've been tripping over themselves continuously this year. Yeah. I agree. And I feel like because of that and because of the the downfall that they're going through, this is a good, like you already mentioned, this is a good game for the defense to have a rebound game. Look, the defense did not play well um, in the Jacksonville game, but let's not negate what they did previously in their four game win streak. They played well. Uh oh, uh oh! I feel like you want to. No, no, I, I was just gonna. I was, I was just gonna say, Rita, like the first three quarters. I mean, the Jags kind of got something going in the second quarter, but the first three quarters they were solid, and and it's just it goes back to not slamming the door shut. Where I agree, it's it's one of the most bizarre stats. Um, during the broadcast, Andrew Catalan, the play-by-play -play guy, when the Ravens stopped Trevor Lawrence on fourth down on that quarterback sneak. He was saying that opposing teams were six for six going for it on fourth and one against the Ravens. I was like, that's a little weird. So I went and dug up the numbers. So they're the second best third down defense. They are the second worst fourth down defense. Make wow. that make sense. Wow. <laughs> uh, opponents, opponents are converting 12 of 17 attempts against the Ravens on fourth down. And of course, wow. in that Jacksonville game, they converted two fourth downs on the two touchdown drives that they ended up getting. 
Yep. When Calais Campbell got that sack, the strip sack to make it third and 21. Yeah. You thought the game was over. You thought they were going to slam the door shut and then they get 16 yards, make it fourth and five and they get that first down and go and score a touchdown and a two point conversion. But they just didn't complete the game where the first half, first three quarters, I mean, they were the ones keeping the Ravens in the game. And Lamar even said it, you take advantage of the red zone opportunities. You aren't putting them in that situation. Yeah. I agree. And I didn't know that their fourth down uh, conversion was that high, which says a lot. Um, and so they have some it's one work of the weirdest guys. Yeah, they have some work to do clearly when it comes to fourth down conversions. I think it's disgusting, quite frankly, and embarrassing that you allow a third and 21 to even get 16 yards to get a fourth and five to begin with. But, um, you know, we're supposed to be moving on, right? So I'm trying to move on. (laughs) Before we move on, let me say that when you look at the coverage of that third and 21, it's pretty gross. It's pretty gross. Literally like the whole middle of the field is open and I don't want to say that play call at all. And I have been an advocate for Mike McDonald on this podcast for weeks, but I do not understand what that was. I have no idea what they were doing in that part uh, on that third down. And hopefully they correct it because I don't ever want to see it again. Um, it was almost like they were playing that third down as if it was fourth down because oh, everyone, everyone was really pretty much very prevenish and it really yeah. bothered me. Everyone was pretty much at the first down marker. Just like you said, you're conceding the middle of the field. If, if they don't get 16 yards, they're not getting that first down. If you Thank hold you. them to even a fourth and 10, yep. you feel really good about your sh- chances. But when it's fourth and five or less, yeah, I mean, they got a legitimate shot to convert. Absolutely. So what you hope is that the Ravens learn their lesson about what they did last week and find a way to, again, get to the uh, quarterback, which is what they kind of failed to do last week in the Jaguars game. You really need to feel like you can have Russell Wilson hold on to the ball a second or two longer so that they can rush the passer and get some uh, pressure against him and I I really feel like that this is a game that the Ravens will find a way to do that I feel like their front seven is going to be really important in this game because the Denver Broncos are pressing right now they know that um, they're struggling offensively and so I I would not be surprised if they try to throw the kitchen sink uh, because the Ravens uh, once again found a way to uh, fail in terms of holding a fourth quarter lead. So I really feel like that this is the game that they can find a way to turn around and start a new win streak. Um, because some look, sometimes you gotta sometimes you gotta beat somebody when they down. I, it is what it is, and this is the team that you can find a way to do that because statistically they have not scored all season long. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I said at the top, it's a get right game. And you mentioned the pass rush where they got sacks, but it wasn't consistent pressure. Right, right. And, and I, I've been saying for a while on the fan, Ronnie Stanley, to me, is the biggest surprise on this team this year. But pass rush is two. And interior pass rush. Calais Campbell's got five and a half sacks already. The last interior defensive lineman to get five sacks in a season Haloti Nada. It's been a wow. minute. It has been wow. a minute. And Matt Abike has got a career high in sacks. But you mentioned the edge rush where 
I mean, is this the game we see uh, a Jabo make his debut? I'm I'm over two already. I thought it was happening in the Panthers game in the Jacksonville <laughs> game, so I don't want to predict anything. But but nah, I mean, it, it, you got Houston. You, it, I mean, away we're still waiting for him. We're to still waiting, still waiting for you, baby. <laughs> JPP Tyus Bowser, who you know really well, and Bowser, man, that was a, I felt so good for him. Him getting that. Uh, sack a blindside sack against trevor lawrence the strip sack but i think they can definitely get after russell wilson and and i think the broncos offensive line a little suspect we had jeff uh legwald on um he was basically saying as much that they haven't done much for him and you mentioned the injuries at the top it's kind of just been a a imperfect storm if you will for that broncos offense and like you said kick them all the down Kick them while they're down. I know, like at one point, I, I believe that they were down um, three starting offensive linemen. Yeah. Um. So I know that they struggled at that position in terms of health. So uh, it will be interesting to see how this goes. So I do expect the defense to find a way to get back into a rhythm and and try to you know find ways to win in the fourth quarter and down the stretch this football season. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, guys, if you have not subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast, make sure that you have hit the subscribe button so that every time there's a new episode, you will be the first to receive it. So, Tim, we talked about the defense for the Ravens, but let's talk about the offense. We know that this offense has struggled in recent weeks, and it's funny because, you know, I looked up the numbers, and somehow, someway, the Ravens are still top 10 in scoring offense. It doesn't feel like it particularly when you watch that Jaguars game last week and how many times that they were in the red zone and how many times that they didn't score touchdowns. Uh, but somehow, some way, I don't know if that says a lot about the NFL season or about the Baltimore Ravens, but they are still in the top 10 in scoring. So here we are against a Denver Broncos defense that, statistically is really good my concern with the broncos defense is that have they given up on this football team and like you mentioned in the last segment we saw the defensive linemen you know have words um for russell wilson his frustrations boiled over um i don't know if we mentioned this but let's mention it anyway russell wilson just had a birthday party that Sierra and his wife gave him and allegedly only half the team came and i don't really feel no type of way about that Because people will be having stuff to do. People got lives. They got kids, you know, wives. I I, I feel like this is a a stretch. 
it's but piling on. But, but right, it's following it on. But apparently, you know, some of Denver media has made a big deal about this. That only half the team came. I do feel like that this defense is extremely frustrated. Patrick Sertan is a guy that I feel is one of the best cornerbacks right now in the National Football League. So that bodes as an issue for what the Ravens are doing right now. We all know that they struggle um, from a skill player position outside of Mark Andrews. They, you know, look, Deshaun Jackson. A 35-year-old man uh, who has hamstring issues had to be the guy to be the driving force of a long pass in the Jaguars game. To me, I don't feel good about that. People love jackpot. That's fine. I just don't like seeing the old dude in the club be the one that has to, you know, come and make a play for the offense uh, for the Ravens. So, I, you know, look, the one good thing, too, is that they traded Bradley Chubb, obviously, to Miami. So that's an issue from an, a defensive interior line. I really like their linebacking core. Um, I, I don't know if Browning is, is 100%, but he's like one of my favorite players, guy from Ohio State. So they have players. We know that they do. Um, we know the Ravens struggle, particularly in the red zone. They've been struggling. However, I feel like that the psyche of the Denver Broncos defense is broken. And I think that that says a lot about how this team comes into M&T Bank Stadium on Sunday and plays a football game. By the way, it's a one o'clock game. And remember, they play on mountain time. So that's technically an 11 o'clock game for them, by the way. I think this is a situation where when you play a poor team like this, when you play a team in disarray, if the Ravens offense starts fast, you get up by double digits. I think it gets to a point, like you were saying, Rita, where they're like, all right, screw this. Like (laughs) we're ready to go home. It's cold out here. But if it's close, they're going to turn it up. And Denver – I said it was a get-right game for the Ravens' defense. I mean, this is going to be a challenge, assuming they're in it for four quarters. And I was digging up the numbers for the red zone. And since week four, the first three weeks, they had 80% red zone efficiency. Since then, 42.2%. The only team they're better than in that span, the Broncos. So that is a serious, serious issue. And you were just bringing up Deshaun Jackson and kind of lamenting the fact that he had to be the guy to save that drive. Yeah. That's where they're at. I mean, this is one of, if not the worst receiving cores in football. <laughs> and and it, it, it it's a whole thing, right? Like Lamar hasn't been great, you know? Yeah. In that three-week stretch where they were great in the red zone, he was the best quarterback against the Blitz. Now he's 27th. He's one of the worst quarterbacks in deep throws. And and it, But it's not all him because no. it, gets, it gets back to what is he working with? And and the frustration's boiling over with him. I mean, that yep. post-game presser, that was the most agitated, frustrated Lamar Jackson I have ever seen in a post-game presser. And there's a lot of factors to it and I don't want to stray the podcast too far away, but it's only natural. He's 25 years old. He feels like he's got to do it all by himself. And Oh, by the way, he's that contract, contract situation looms. Absolutely. Yes, that's what I'm saying. And, and where the Broncos, if you're looking for a deficiency, 
And, and by the way, the Ravens poor red zone and they have the best red zone defense. So that's definitely going to be something to keep an eye on. The Broncos aren't great against the run. They're uh, 19th in rushing yards allowed per game. And even deeper, they're 19th in yards per rush. So there's a possibility there that they can lean on that. I know Gus Edwards had the big fumble late in the Jaguars game, but if they can get Gus going, I think that would be huge for this passing offense that's been completely out of sync. Uh, my my question was, where was Gus in one of those red zone sequences where he just was uh, a non, non-existent? Why are we getting away from what is best for this football team? It makes no sense to me. I'll go a step fur- further, Rita. Why is Gus Edwards not getting that fourth down and fourth and one where Lamar's got, that, Lamar's got that funky quarterback sneak Let's going lateral? It. Let's talk about it. I yeah. mean, Gus Edwards is, is Automatic in those one situations. of the best guys that can uh he it doesn't matter at the point of contact he's still going to get two maybe three yards sometimes four yards one you you didn't even need a whole yard wasn't even a full yard and for whatever reason you decided to do a quarterback sneak with Lamar Jackson opposed to having Gus Edwards be just the guy that just powers his way into getting the first down makes no sense to me oh and, and by the way it took pretty much all of the time clock for you to come up was that play called? Well, that that's another thing where <laughs> we can get into that, Rita. Like that's a, right. It's so many things, right? Last week. Now it's week thirteen. Why the hell do they continue to have so many instances throughout a game where you're breaking the huddle with under ten seconds to go? I remember being out there week one after week one against the Jets where they had a ton of difficulties there. And I asked Lamar about it. He made a joke saying, yeah, it seemed like we only had a 15 second play clock instead of 25. And you give them a pass for week one, right? Like, okay, you're working out the kinks. They didn't play it all during the preseason. It was a road game, all that. Sure. It's week 13. Mm-hmm. That can't happen. And that's not all on Lamar. That's Greg Roman. That's Lamar. That's Tyler Linderbaum. I mean, how many times have we, you know, clap, 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 hey, get the snap, get the snap. So it's like, it's all three of them. And and it's December. <laughs> like, that can't happen. Greg Roman was asked about this in a presser uh, on Thursday, and he mentioned um, that he likes the play clock to be wound down because it takes time. It takes overall time. It takes about he thinks it takes about four minutes off the clock. It helps their time of possession. Basically, is what he tried to say in a nutshell. I'm pushing back on that. Because why are you not giving your quarterback enough time for him to scan the defense and say, I don't like this look from the call that you gave me. I need to call an audible and call something else. And that's the problem that I have with his explanation. I'll go a step further. I played that cut yesterday. And what he's saying on principle Yes, this is a yeah. team that wants to dominate time of possession and and it helps their defense out too. It's it's the back to 2019 method. But I'm not saying Greg Roman's a liar, but I'm not saying he's a truther either because <laughs> he was saying he was saying that oh yeah, we get to play in, you know, 22 seconds Lamar gets BS. 
That is not happening. The communication cuts off at 15 seconds. And like you said, Rita, when they get to the line with four or five seconds ago, Lamar has no time to survey the field. He has no time to audible. And then when they're snapping the ball with one, two seconds left, guess what? That defense can pin their ears back and go because they know that the play clock's about to expire. Yep. And my my biggest issue is that what we – so I also have an issue with um, all the personnel changes. And I look, there's so much that we could talk about with this offense that we probably both had issues with. But I say that because when they start running up-tempo, when they start running, you know, no huddles, you see effectiveness because they're not changing the personnel because they're running up-tempo. They're running no huddle. I'm trying to understand, number one, why you don't – why does it take the third quarter – when you're struggling offensively, to do something like that. When your offense needs a spark, why are you taking so long to do that? And two, why do you need so many personnel changes when you don't have the best personnel to begin with? (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to understand, what exactly is it that you're doing over there, Greg Roman? It it really is baffling at times. And the first thing that came to my mind is – Go back to the Tampa game. Why are you throwing yeah. it 30 times Thank and a half? Thank you. That Thank should never you. happen. It should never happen. And then in the second half, it was eight pass attempts. Lamar was eight for eight. And it just seemed like, okay, it's back to 2019. It's back to 2018. And then, it, you know, they do it against the Saints and, and the Panthers to it. It, it, it. But now it's like I, I thought they found their identity there. And now I'm like, I don't know if they have. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. <laughs> They don't have an identity. They're never going to have one. You know, I I always go back to the point that Lamar tried to tell us um, in the first month that this is not the same old Ravens. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, it's absolutely the same old Ravens. And you don't have the players to make it not to be anything other than the same old Ravens. Let's Let's be clear on that. I don't have an issue with you being who you are. Yeah. I have an issue with you pretending to be somebody else. And that's the problem that I have with this football team. I also have a problem with the fact that the guys that you do have that are healthy, you're not utilizing them consistently to help you win football games. So uh, do I think that the Ravens will be better this week? Maybe. Um, The Broncos, I, I, I already mentioned earlier, I feel like that they are psychologically broken. And I think that that works in the favor of the Ravens. I also think that the time factor, which I also mentioned works in the favor of the Ravens. We saw what the, the Panthers did. Um, same thing. They played East coast one o'clock time. Now they got to go back to the East coast to play another one o'clock game. So you feel like you, that can potentially work in their favor. The Ravens just have to be smart enough to execute and make the cert- the right play calls to make sure that this Broncos defense soul is broken. I don't know if they can do that. Because, and not because that they can't, Tim. It's literally because I just feel like sometimes they don't want to. So. I know. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you're saying. I know we're going to give our score predictions on the other side. Yes. I just think. This is going to be an ugly football game. Like, I am not expecting this offense to break out of their funk. I think it's going to be more of the same. But you mentioned the Panthers game where, where, 
it almost seemed to me watching it, you know, they win 13 to three, the offense just didn't seem aggressive. They didn't go for it on fourth down at all that game. That rarely happens in the Lamar Jackson era. And it seemed like they were content. I think that's what they're going to do on Sunday because it, like that Panthers game, I think you can win it with your defense. Like as long as your offense doesn't bleep it up, I think you have a very good shot at winning. And I think that that's a bad idea because your offense is struggling right now. And I think that you need to put the foot on the gas. Oh, no, no. They absolutely need to. I'm just saying that that's what I foresee. Oh, I I agree with you 100%. They are going to try to play it coy. And I don't like it one bit. You need to find a way to get this offense into a rhythm because we are now on the other half of the season we don't have much time left and you are in a fight it's december and you're tied in first place with the cincinnati Bengals, who right now without jamar chase are playing at a high level you need to find a way to start making statements and i know that that's hard to do with the personnel that you have but playing conservative is not going it's not it i'm sorry it's not and that's how i feel about that so We'll find out on Sunday. <laughs> Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Okay, guys, before we get into our last segment, have you subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast? If not, I don't know what you're waiting for. We have all of your favorite Ravens news. So make sure that you are subscribed so that every time that there's a new episode, you will be the first to receive it. All right, Tim, this is the time that I typically do not look forward to um i don't there was a stretch where i wasn't i wasn't accurately picking and then i was accurately picking (laughs) but that meant that i was picking ravens to lose right so (laughs) i told you i picked the jaguars last week cordell is typically really good with this he typically picks oh he's been on a tear for weeks he um picked the giants to win yeah i remember that i i asked him that during pregame and i was like really he picked the giants he picked the bills uh and and of course he he also picked the jaguars and well look i picked the ravens to win in the bills game and i was right until zero 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 so look i ain't gonna type away about that right so here we are uh, week 13, and we are playing uh, the Denver Broncos, who are literally struggling. However, they still have a defense that uh, statistically is doing very well. So, do you think that the Ravens get back on track this week with a win 
at home. Mind you, this is the Ring of Honor weekend that Marshall Yonda will be inducted. I don't know how people feel about stuff like that, but, you know, sometimes it gets the crowd fired up, which I, I always believe that the crowd plays a role in home games. Oh, for sure. For sure. And, and definitely excited um, for Marshall to come back. Well-deserved. And I think one day he'll definitely be in Canton. But get back on track. I mean, I think they'll win. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, I said it before. I, I just see this like the Panthers game. I see this being very ugly. The over-under is 39. I would hammer the under. Disgusting. Sports apps, sports apps are legal now in Maryland. Get after it responsibly responsibly but uh i see like a 20 to 10 ravens win i don't see the broncos offense doing much of anything but i also don't really see this ravens offense doing a ton either and i i really can't wait to see them in the red zone going against the best red zone defense because They've just been in a serious funk. And and the thing that bugs me, and we've talked about Greg Roman during this podcast, you have the ultimate red zone weapon in Lamar Jackson, yep. where I said since week four, 42.2% red zone efficiency. Lamar's lowest, his lowest in his career is 59.6. That's a 17% difference. That is That's a lot. Yeah. Huge. And it was 64% in 2019. I get it. 2019 was 2019, but like they need to be better. And yeah, maybe you can get away with that against the Panthers. Maybe you can get away with that against Denver. If you're going against the Bills, you're going against the Chiefs, you're going against Miami, you got to cash in. Three, three points is not going to beat those teams. I agree with you. I think that they do have to find more ways to get Lamar into the end zone. I think that this offense has to find ways to step up. I know that we praised um, Demarcus Robinson in the Panthers game for stepping up, um, but he made some mistakes in the Jaguars game. There's a touchdown that he dropped in the back of the end zone. Um, I I personally, Tim, felt that that second pass – out of the game where he it's overthrown is a Demarcus Robinson issue. I felt like he lazily jogged off of the scrimmage and uh, run full speed and it was too late. I feel that way. Uh, we saw Mark Andrews Gosh, dropping Oliver, a touchdown pass. You ask him right say we look. I we Josh Oliver dropping was it slightly overthrown? Whatever, but. You, any other guys in the National Football League have guys that go up and get those passes. And somebody has to step it up. Somebody has to be the guy to step up in this offense and find a way to help their quarterback, period. And but, but do I think – I'd say this. We're, we're bringing up Demarcus Robinson and Josh. Like, crazy, where right? We're at, where it's, Unreal. I mean, Demarcus Unreal. Robinson – was cut by the Raiders in August, the end of August. Yeah. And he's their de facto number one. Like, <laughs> that's what I we're at. try not to buy into that too much because I feel like the main reason that Demarcus Robinson got cut Bateman. is because of the Devontae yeah. Adams trade, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, bit, that's a big part of it, right? But, sure. I, no, yeah, no. I get your point. I completely understand your point. 
he ain't have a job at one point and the Ravens picked him up off the street. Um, and, and we're asking him to be a guy on this offense. Um, so somebody got to step it up. I don't know who it is. Somebody has to step up for Lamar Jackson and for themselves, quite frankly, for that matter, and make some plays. And what sometimes you would like to hope is that when you lose against teams like the Jaguars, a team that, okay, people quote-unquote think you should beat, maybe that's a reality check. Maybe you needed to be punched in the mouth uh, and that you needed to be better and that you watch the film and you find a way to get better. And I'm hoping that what's going to happen is that the Ravens got punched in the face, okay, and that they are like, I watched the film. I didn't like what I saw. I got to be a better player. And it starts now because you're still in a playoff hunt. Even if it's not necessarily the division that you win, you're st- there's three other spots here. There's the five, six, and seven seed. And as of right now, you're still in a playoff position. So I would like to see somebody come out and, and, and be the guy in this team. And I don't know who it's going to be, but I do think that they will find a way to win this game. I agree with you 110%, Tim. I think that it's going to be ugly because that's what the Ravens do. They don't win pretty. (laughs) They don't know what it's like to win pretty. I ain't seen a win pretty game. I don't have you. I don't remember what a win pretty game has been all season long, quite frankly. I saw them. I saw them. um, I saw them lose pretty. You saw what? I saw them oh, lose pretty, pretty in the Miami oh, the game. the Dolphins game. Yeah, I guess that's a lose. Yeah, I was going to say, in the Miami game, I saw, you, I saw you lose pretty, but I, I don't remember you winning pretty. And, and look, I don't care about stuff like that. Let me be clear. I don't care about winning pretty or winning ugly. I don't care because the National Football League is a very hard league to win football games. And we already talked about how good this Broncos defense is. So if you can win a game against the Denver Broncos, I don't care. That's a win. It doesn't matter. But you do need to find a way to have some type of rhythm because we're getting towards the end of the football season. What are you what is your identity? What are you guys going to do down the stretch to help you win football games? I hope you figured it out by now. Cause I'm tired of trying to figure it out for you. And and that's kind of what I was saying before. I think the defense has it. And I yeah. think it's well, I mean, the pass rush is uh, top five in football as far as sacks, but it's third down defense, not fourth down. Third down defense, they can get off the field there, and it's takeaways. And and that's kind of their identity, how I see it. And now they're a speedy defense with the addition of Roquan Smith. Offensively, I mean, like I said, I thought they found it in the second half of that Bucks game, and then I was sorely mistaken. So <laughs> And and you said it, Rita, where it's like, they probably aren't going to find it this year. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it's December. If you don't have your identity after the first, I'll say, two months of the season, first half of the season, like, are you ever going to find it? No, you're not. And so now you're just winning football games any way you can. And, you know, here we are. But you still have to find a way to win football games. First things first, you have to win football games. And I agree with you that the defense – 
probably is going to play a big role in this game and probably feast off a really bad Jag, uh, excuse me, <laughs> Jaguars. I can't get that game out of my head. Broncos, <laughs> Broncos uh, offense that is really struggling right now to score points. So I agree. I think that this is an ugly game. I don't think that anything changes. We're still going to see the play clock go down to five seconds before he, he can make a decision. Um, this is who they are. And we have to come to terms with that, that this is the team that they are. And we have to accept that um, because there's no changes that are going to be made week 13. It's just not going to happen. So you just hope that they can find a way to win down the stretch because even though I'm not a huge fan of saying, oh, the schedule is this, I mean, if you want, if you're that person, the schedule is favorable to them. It's favorable, but as we saw last Sunday, uh -huh. look, you you gotta. We've been talking about the schedule since after the Saints game, and yep. everyone's like, "Okay, you don't play a team with a winning record till week 18." That's true, but if you thought that the Ravens would run the table till week 18. That's delusional. And I can't even tell you, I can't read it. I can't even tell you they're going to win the next five heading into Cincinnati. Because I have them losing at least two more games, by the way, Tim. Well, think about it. And look, Steelers are four and seven. They're, they're a We have seen a lot of crazy stuff go on in that. Yes, uh, we uh, have. Uh, rivalry. I remember Ryan Mallett beating the Steelers. Yes, we no, did. Swept them. They. I remember Charlie Batch coming into yep. M&T Bank Stadium and beating the Ravens their Super Bowl year. You see a lot of weird stuff in the rivalry. So if you told me right now that they split with the Steelers, I'd say, all right, you know, I wouldn't fight you on that. You know, if like, they find a way to split with everybody in their division, right? Because, uh, you know, we they have to play Cincinnati on the road and Cleveland on the road, and they haven't yet played Pittsburgh. That makes them three and three. And then that makes them, uh, what is that, seven, uh, ten and seven. Now, do I think that that's enough to potentially get to the playoffs? Yeah, but, <laughs> I mean, you might be a first-round exit. So, <laughs> what are we doing here? You know what I mean? I, I will say this and, you know, kind of maybe I'm being a hypocrite here, but it just being so the Ravens schedule is definitely a lot more favorable than Cincinnati. Yes. Um, they have the Chiefs. They still have to play the Bills. They yep. still have to go to Tampa. They have some tough games. But the other thing that's in the Ravens favor right now is the Bengals have a poor division record. Their record is one and three. Uh, Ravens is two and oh. Yep. So if they find a way to get to four and two, they're good because obviously Cincinnati can't beat that. And that's the tiebreaker. They already guaranteed a split with Cincinnati. If they find a way to win two of three against the Steelers twice in Cleveland, I think it's their division. I completely agree with you, and um, it'll be interesting to see how this gets played down the stretch because, as you mentioned, um, the Bengals do have some uh, interesting games starting this weekend um, yeah. that they will be playing against because I believe they play the Chiefs uh, yep. this weekend. So I want to thank you so much, Tim. This was really great uh you know Cordell's my dude, but you are <laughs> you are even you are just as great. <laughs> as, a, as a wingman. Hey, I anytime you need me, I'm here. Better. 
<laughs> Anytime you need me, I'm here. I appreciate you so much. And we would love to have you come back when Cordell gets back so we can talk some Ravens. For sure. Um, we really appreciate you. So, oh, final score. <laughs> I, 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 we're, we're done here. But what's your, what's your, you said 2010, right? 20 to 10. 20 to 10. All right. I'm going 24 13. Okay. It's still going to be ugly. Yeah. But it still hits the under. <laughs> yeah, Ravens will, it's still the under, but Ravens will find a way to um, kind of get away with this late. So 2010 for Tim, 24-13 for me. Thank you so much, Tim. Let everybody know again where they can find you. Inside access, 2 to 6, me, Jason Lockenford, Ken Wyman, and then Baltimore Game Day Daily immediately following that, 6 to 7, 6 to 7.30 on Mondays and Thursdays. And hey. Throw me a follow at Tim Barbalace, B-A-R-B-A-L-A-C-E. I know it's a mouth. Thank you so much. I appreciate you so much, Tim. You got and, it. And uh, hopefully Cordell will be back next week. But if not, hey, we'll have Tim I'm come here. back and talk to us some I'm more. Here. You got my number. So from Tim to me, this is Winning Drive.